Hey, good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of December 4th in the year 2023. Quiet evening tonight. It's kind of chilling. I think there's just a lot we have to reflect on in this time of season, especially prayers and how we pray and the honesty of our prayers and really getting close to our Father. And remembering how much he loves us, which is, I think is a really important message, which we're going to dig into here in a minute. Just a quick highlight, and that is um, sleep, which I didn't get much of last night. And sleep is a, one of those things that's 
precious. And the best place to get stuff for sleep is MyPillow.com. Good time of the year to do it, too. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code Bards. Take advantage of the incredible savings. I'm a whoppingly huge fan of MyPillow 2.0. And just makes life so much more comfortable. So go on over to MyPillow.com forward slash bars. Check out the MyPillow 2.0. That uses a heat regulating thread, which I think is totally cool. And makes your sleep all sorts better. And then use your promo code, take advantage of the savings, and away you go. So MyPillow.com forward slash bars, promo code bars. That's good. I want to start tonight, um, Matthew 6, 7. I'm going to talk about praying a little bit. When you pray, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, praying as they do, for for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father, is, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed by your name, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And if you forgive, Give others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, and your Father will not forgive your trespasses. I think that last part is such a big deal. I'm trying to find that place where we can find forgiveness for so many things. And so much of that is understanding the core of what we're doing with forgiveness, letting go of the burdens that drive us to get seated in our heart and end up producing anger or other negative emotions. So it's important in the sense of all of our prayers especially as we're trying to capture the sense of the power of healing in prayers. That we spend time literally forgiving, making sure that we're speaking and praying from a forgiving heart and not one that's burdened. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges we face. When we start getting into, I think there's a number of things in this whole process, when we start getting into healing, we have to look at fairly clearly. And I didn't, my throat's all messed up tonight, so just bear with me. There might be some pauses you don't expect. But anyway, the the issues of healing and really getting into that deeper part of healing, we have to be able to get into the place where we have a forgiving, forgiving heart and a repenting heart. We can't be carrying in our stuff into a, into a healing situation 
and and have a success. So I guess we wouldn't say we won't have success. We won't have the success we could have. One of the things that God put in my heart was to love like the Holy Spirit loves and love everybody that way, which is not an easy thing for us to do. And it's not easy at all because we are working in a place where we carry a lot of burdens of the flesh and we're literally trying to look past the flesh and see into the heart of the individual, which is truly the heart, heart of God. And everybody has a touch of it. The question is, how bold is it? How defined is it? And how much can we find it, see it, touch it, experience it? And maybe it's even simpler than that, because I think if we come into with our own heart that is really speaking of that boldness of kingdom, that true love, we find it anyway, because it'll rip open any of the darkness that's trying to hide and obscure that deeper heart of God that's in people. Praise the creator of all things. And this is, to me, one of the most powerful places we arrive at when we start to do healing in prayer. And that's where we get into a place where we're having to look into somebody with, and connect with somebody in a deep, deep level to where you feel what they feel looking into their heart and seeing their heart and seeing the brokenness or seeing the wounds and then taking those and healing them in your prayer as if you're touching them and massaging them as if you're mending them. And in doing so, I think it's a, it's a powerful place of healing that restores in such a miraculous way. And it's, I think, hard for us at times to even comprehend how powerful that is in the sense of kingdom. Now, tonight we've been asked to read a prayer, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. But the other part about healing is also the purity of love. And, and I'll tell you where it, it's very powerful is when we start working with children. And children just have such a pure love that they give, and they give without expectation, and they pour into you. And yes, I'm definitely speaking from an immersion in the last few days of the Kentrells here at the house. These amazing children, they just pour in and pour in and pour in. And they fill you and they fill you to, they fill you to the, to the brim. And they are so powerful when they, when you're touched, um, they're so innocent when they interact and they're so loving when they and what they do in the healing sense of that is, is something you can feel deep within. And we can all do that. But as we're reminded is we have to have the heart of a child enter into the kingdom. And we're not going to get there with these burdens of anger and frustration in our lives. I've talked a lot about it. I'll probably talk more about it than you want. But this 28th reversal surgery that happened this last week was a very deep healing piece. And it's led to other things because it's all about restoration. I have a tattoo on my right ankle, right in my right calf. The only one I have. And that tattoo is of a raven and a wolf. And they're doing a they're kind of interlinked in a dance. And I got the tattoo before I went to Afghanistan in 2000. 
2006. I got it actually in 2005. Maybe it was right around there, near the end of 2005. It's drawn by an artist in Portland, and he did the full calf, just in black ink. And it was a really big deal at the time. I was trying to think. I must have been 36, something like that. Maybe a little earlier. Maybe I was 34. And I had wanted, I thought about a tattoo a long time. I finally made this big decision to get a tattoo and I got it. And so it's not surprising that today, after we're going through all this restoration, that I get a nudge from Father that says you need to remove it. There's a real purification that we're going on. If if we're walking in the sense of the refining fires and letting Father burn away stuff. And we're trying to get ourselves back to a place where as Paul Cantrell will say, the rocks are out of the pipe and he can float with us. Some of that is going to be emotional things. It's going to be the sorts of things that the burdens, the scars, the sorts of things we've picked up over time. And those are hard. But it's all, in the end of the day, nothing's, nothing of it is easy. And so we go through these refining fires, which is really the only word I have for it, where literally you're burning off the dross and the silver and he's refining you. We're making ourselves better and more in alignment with him. And then we go to this, these other things that pop up like this tattoo and I, I'll get it done probably in the next couple of months. And it takes a couple of months to get it done. And it's an interesting place that I find myself because in the obedience of walking in the yes, I don't even think twice about it. He came up today as I was praying, and I'm like, okay, it needs to get done. And so you just immediately start working towards that end. And all of that really means that we have to unburden our heart to be free in that space. And in no way am I trying to speak from a point of perfection or pedestal myself, but I do find that as I've gone through more and more of this and the intensity of those fires, that it becomes easier and easier to step into those places that might otherwise be challenging. One of which would be like this tattoo. You would be a hesitation or you start to try to argue your way out of it or tell yourself it doesn't matter. I don't know what the tattoo matters. I know that God put a nudge on my heart and pretty clear the tattoo needs to be removed. And I said, okay. And I will. And it's the idea that what he's asking, whatever he has in mind, he is looking at a purification of some fans, some sense, a way to do something greater in my life than I even know what it is. And it's not about comparison to anybody else. It's just my life in comparison to itself. And so we go through these refining moments and they're challenging moments. But each one opens up new doors, right? I told the show, I told the story in the previous show and I just find it amazing because as he said, you know, I had the reversal this week and then or this last week and then I, We have these prayers the other night when I told you about sitting up on the hill, and this was Thursday night, and a big rolling wall of fog came in and around me. It was literally the presence of the Holy Spirit right there. And in that place, he said, I need you to love more, basically. I need you to love everybody in the terms of the way the Holy Spirit loves, in the same way that you love people in your life in the most passionate way and not an easy thing to say. It sounds easy. It's like, oh, sure, God, check that box. I'm running right over there. 
But that's not really the way it works because we know, at least in my, myself, I'm not a, I don't walk out into a group of strangers and suddenly like have a, in, natively have a deep empathy for them or have a deep compassion and passionate love for them. So it is a big step because it, to feel that in somebody means you're going to have to be able to read their heart in some capacity and you have to be able to walk in there and let a lot of this go of your own baggage of what you're looking at because this person that stands before you may not be anything like that on the inside. So whatever that reason is, whatever that place is where we have to go to in this, this is a much bigger level of love for what, for your brother, a love, much bigger level love for the world than frankly I ever thought I would be asked to do. And, as, and I think really, frankly, we all should be striving to do it. It just so happens that I was asked, like God's like, this is what I need you to do. And of course, with that, for the obedience is to say, yes, I will. But then the caveat, I don't know how. And I think that's part of this process I've discovered too, is that we have to be honest in our heart because if we don't know how, God will give us a map if he wants us to do something. And he did today. And it was a mentioning I had on the previous show of someone who called in or texted me, was introduced to me by a friend. And so the as we walk... As I'm walking in this place, and a friend of mine introduces me to this individual, and she, we ended up connecting on the phone. I really thought it was going to be an interview, which it is actually going to be one, but that wasn't what today's call was about. It was just so powerful of hearing a conversation about getting my input on where their walk was in life and then discovering that they wanted, that they're trying to have children. And to be able to feel that in God to say, bless this and pray into this and then be able to receive a prophetic word and we, as I hear it, and that was how many there would be to come and be able to bless that. And you, you get in that place where you're like, wow, God, I'm, I'm really, I'm hearing you. I'm doing what you want me to do. And you're, you're working and striving to be at another level with him and you're pushing hard into that and you're, you're achieving this. And, and it's pretty evident in just the way that I'm walking and it's, it's exhilarating because you're stepping in and so many things are happening. And as that's happening, Paul comes into the, Paul Kentrell comes into the studio tonight and he says, I've got a word for you. He says, you can't, as Father removes you and moves you down these lines, he says, you know war well, and you know the energy and the excitement and the adrenaline that happens when you walk in that path of doing things, where you're literally seeing things happen in the spirit, and you're literally watching healings happen, and you're watching these connections happen, and there's blessings happening. And he said, and you know how that is. And he said, but you have to be careful. And he says, such a good word. Because what we tend to do is we tend to think that there is a measure of bias. I don't know that that was his exact words, but essentially what he was saying in that is that, that when we're performing in these, when we're conducting our work in these areas of, say, healing or deliverance or, the, or it's just high intensity, it makes you feel like you're accomplishing more in the eyes of Father. It's an easy step to make. It's a wrong one, but it's an easy step to make. And as he said, it's like, you're getting these anointings because he loves you and trusts you. 
but he loves you and trusts you as you are right now, as equally as he trusts you when you're doing the work. And this is a really important piece because we tend to live in cultures in our culture with hierarchy. So where I'm in a stasis point right now, I am Scott. If I get on a, a track field and I break a school record at 100 meters, I become Scott the track star. And I become different. I become somehow better. I've proven myself, and that's part of what I need to do. And everything in my life is to try to strive higher, strive farther, strive greater. But God's saying over and over, I just love you as you are. And so he wants it to bring us in closer. And as he wants to bring us in closer, we also have to be able to let go of those things that are keeping us from him. And that's where we get back to this loving and forgiving heart. It's a profound place that when we finally let it go, we open up ourselves and we say, Father, here it is. Here's everything in my heart. I'm laying it all down. And to really lay it all down and say, this is it. And that's where that loving and forgiving heart takes fold and takes form. And then we begin to really have a place where we can affect healing, affect change, and do tremendous things. Everything about this walk is almost counterintuitive to the way we've been raised. God says, wield the sword of the spirit. We think wield the sword of steel. God says, let's tear down fortresses. We think of let's raid them, kill everybody, and, and leave everybody destroyed. God says, engage the enemy, and we think of taking out a sword and cutting off his head. And when we don't get in enough balance, I think, is that when we start talking about this idea of doing things that works in faith, it is, it's not passive. I, and I see this other side. It's like when people are working within a concept of the ministry, it becomes just a limited number of things they will do, get that sermon done, sit in the pew, clean the church, whatever that is. But God's looking for an active living church, an active living church that is in the world, and it's doing things, and it's reaching out, and it's got people that are carrying Jesus in their heart, and the Jesus in their heart is telling us that we can deliver this person, we can heal this person. We can even raise somebody from the dead. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ to spread. These are all important things, but at the end of the day, this is what's important. For all those things that we do, God still loves us right now in this moment as much as he loves us when we're getting all those things done. And that's where the works and faith and the ministry and all of these things that we're doing are important. We're spreading the gospel. We're spreading the word of Jesus. We're out here engaging. We're trying to help people find their way home. But we're not getting a scorecard with God. Not even close. And he's allowing things to be. He's allowing things to develop. He wants to see each one of us mature and grow deeper in him. And so there's where you get back to these things where he points out to say, I need you to do this or do that, like a tattoo. I need you to clean it up. I'm like, okay. So we'll take it off. And I don't even know what it means in the spiritual realm, though there's a really, really good comment I want to read here. I thought it was pretty powerful. It was in our chat. As soon as I can find my cursor. You ever notice that? Like you're going to find your cursor and then you start moving it around it disappears. No matter how hard you try to find it, it doesn't work. So this is a really good comment. And this is by, um, in chat by Laura Lee. And the reference to the tattoo. And, and I wanted to get into that a little bit. You are a shepherd, not a wolf. Ravens are loss or ill omen, just saying. Correct statement. 
Um, why raven and a wolf? And then why get it removed now? Some of that response is in there, in that comment. But raven and a wolf. Raven's interesting. Raven and a wolf mate for life. And ravens were the wisdom, the birds of war. They were Odin were birds of war. So it was Mugen and Ugin that would fly out and see the battlefields and come back and speak in the ears of Odin to tell him what they saw. And then, of course, we have the wolf. And the wolf is the literal opposite of being a shepherd. It's the wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't. I did not make that. That was not the intent because literally I was looking at this from a very different optic at the time I got it. And that was very much in old and native lore. So the wolf would have been the, the animal of wisdom. Ravens were the birds of war. And so, and then you add to that that they were, they made it for life. It ended up making a good story. But the story is wrong and it's out of alignment with God. And so the, the tattoo has to go. And the alignment with God is truly in this place where as a shepherd and with, with flock, then you are walking and you are fighting the wolf. And we don't need eyes on a battlefield like raven's eyes. We need eyes of our own on the battlefield to see where we are. So there's so much in this and in what we do and the things we pick up and then undoing these things as God leads us. And it's the obedience and the yes that leads us to the better, bigger things that he wants us to accomplish. This gets into things when people say to me, like, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling with a meaning in life. I'm struggling with what to do in my life because I want to do right work and this and that. And a broad, a broad sweeping question is, what are you doing to help? But it doesn't mean a lot to people, especially when they're lost like this. And what we are doing to help it should be us deciding on one thing. If I'm struggling with where I'm going to go with my gifts and talents, what all of this is, and I'm trying to hear the, the voice of Father, I have to choose something. And that something is wherever I begin. Because it, at the end of the day, as I pursue forward, his love, that as I'm pursuing him, his love is equal in me, whether I'm accomplishing the mission or I accomplish the target of what I'm trying to make or whether I'm just at the beginning. His love is the same. And I don't have to fight him for it. I don't have to compete for him with it. I don't have to say, well, okay, Father, today, you know, I want to, I want to do this much, and yesterday I only wanted to do that much. It's always the same. Because once he's brought us into the fold and he loves us, he loves us completely and totally at all times. And unfortunately, when we don't look at things with that level plane, we end up dealing with a lot of the problems that we end up with in the modern church. Boxing and people in, doing, working from dead stone walls, worrying about a show rather than, and a performance rather than worrying about the words and the message. These are big, big things. And they're big, big things that we all have to be cognizant of because it's part of us developing a greater intimacy in him. So, as we walk in this place of trying to build a greater intimacy in Father, it has to begin ultimately with the refining fires within our heart. We have to burn away so much of what's in us. 
that is not us and not him, I should say. And it's not to be punished. It's not like we have to bury memories, but it's, it's literally like going into something and saying, here's what I am. Show me what I can keep and burn away what is not of you. And when we start to approach our life that way, we start to become so much more refined and so much more open to the glory in which he gives us in our heart. And with that, we anchor ourselves more firmly on that rock of faith. And we're seeing things from a different optic because our life is changing. He's literally changing the way we view the very world. And it's beautiful. It's refined. It's, it's, it's becoming more of him. It's becoming greater in the body of Christ. And all these things are happening and we're asking ourselves like, okay, how much farther can I stretch? Well, we can stretch a lot farther than we know because he will. But there's also something else in this process, which is very much like the young black belt. And it's what Paul was getting at, which is for all these things that you do, and you're out here in the spirit and you're doing things and you're feeling active and you're, you're accomplishing healings or you're accomplishing deliverance and you're working with people in the spirit. Maybe you're tearing down strongholds. Maybe you're breaking soul ties, whatever you're doing. Those actions over time will take on their own form, most likely a much more mellow process than they are in the beginning. And why is that important? Because when you get a black belt, you're eager. You're always out here doing your techniques and your drills and trying to show how, how good you are, etc. But you're actually just at the beginning point of a long arc. And I think that's really where we come back to, where we come to, which is so important. Is our relationship with Father as exciting as, and as explosive as it can be, even with big gifts and anointings that come in that change our heart and transform us? It's still a factor of time that mellows us. And as we get mellowed, we don't weaken, we actually get stronger within him. And he still loves us all the same. I think that's what the most important part of that is. He still loves us all the same. We're just growing up. He's pouring in the love and watching us mature if we'll accept it. And as he loves us all the same, meaning from the beginning to the end. It's not like he's trying to point out that you are a little bit better here in your life, a little bit better, lesser than than here in your life. And it allows us to walk in him in a greater place. God is a father who seeks to have his children happy. And I mean truly happy. We're not talking happy because I got to go see a film or some flick. I'm not saying happy because I got a new car. I'm not saying happy because of things. I'm talking about the joy in the heart that he wants us to have. And he will pour that in for us and give that to us no matter where we are. And as we mature with that, we start to mellow and it goes back to that loving and forgiving heart. It becomes easier and easier to reach it and to achieve it and to pass it on to others. But that's a factor of time and maturity. And those are important things to pursue on a daily basis because the more that we pursue them, we find ourselves where the martial artist is again. The black belt that says, I've got all the techniques and he's out here trying to prove himself to what he's doing, busy with these techniques. Then you watch the master. And it's just the master's hardly doing anything because he spent the years literally working through refining out the dross to get the silver and to slowly, as we move forward here, 
steadily, we see a maturing this level, not in, not one of inequality. We start to see ourselves in relationship to others appropriately, not because we're better, because we have Christ in our heart. And we start to have the compassion for one another that allows us to lift up and level up people, groups. And that's where we see the greatest momentum and the change. And if we're keeping our heart in those places like this, we're able to now get to some point that's even greater. And that's the love like the Holy Spirit. God asked me that. To put aside all these other loves. I want you to love like the Holy Spirit. And I, and I didn't like it when he said it. I didn't want to have to walk out in this world and go, okay, Lord, you've asked me to have a loving and forgiving heart. Check that box. Okay, Lord, I got this. You've asked me to, to I've, I've gone through a restoration surgery and I, I've been obedient and I agree with you. You've released things. Okay, Lord, I've got this tattoo now that's got to be removed from my calf. Cool, I got it. I'll take care of that. Those are easy. Those are the easy ones, even the surgery. The hard one is to be able to sit in a place and be able to let everything go to lay it all down and say, okay, Father, I'll love those who come before me and to me or that I encounter, and I'll love them equally like you. And just think how big that love is and think how equal that love is and think how powerful that love is when we walk in that place. And imagine now what we can do if you're sending in people that love that much, what you can do to change whole governments or whole countries. And that's where he wants us. And that's where we're trying to achieve to get to. And once you get to a place where you can love everyone equally, you might get lucky that he can offer you something special for your heart. And usually I think he does. But even that can't be coveted for your own private sense. Take the most special relationship you have. Maybe it's your grandkids, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your husband, I don't know. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your dad. It's that relationship that we have that's so important to us. It's so special. It's outside of everything else, even maybe outside your marriage. And God says, lay it down. And we say, no, I like this. But that's just it, lay it down. Put it before him, let him have it, let it go. Sounds easy. It's far from easy. Because in letting go, we have to realize we may not get it back in the way that we expect. And that's where the real challenge to the hearts are, the place to really raise up and to be greater in him, is to accept that when you place it before him and whatever this is that you have in your heart that's so special, so anointed, so... So part of you, and he's, and you say, okay, Father, here it is. I lay it down before you. And it's like walking into the darkness. Dark, dark, and you can't see your hand before your face. And now he says, have faith. And you have a whole landscape to work through here in that level of darkness where you can't see anything but your hand. You can't even see that. It's so dark. That is the place of the ultimate faith, where we truly walk and abide in him where we have no vision forward to where we need to be or memory of past, where we literally walk in this place in this moment so profoundly connected 
to him that you know very well that no matter what you do, no matter what step you make, he will be there to lift you up and make sure that you get to where you need to be. The loving and forgiving heart. And that loving and forgiving heart is so powerful. It's so essential. Because without it, it's corrosive. It separates us from him. And all this other stuff we've talked about just sort of slowly begins to decline. And it, it becomes a burden rather than a blessing. That loving and forgiving heart. So just take some time and reflect. If you've got a loved one that you've recently lost, celebrate what they were. Don't, don't mourn in what they were they're not. And come to know yourself in the process. If you're one that has to, if you get news on something and you have to look in right away on something, learn to take a pause and force yourself to be more at peace. If you get news from something and you're somebody who usually puts it off on procrastinate, then learn to accept more quickly and adapt. But in the bigger issue here, we're trying to find a way, a pathway to Father, to stand before him, to have that connection with him. It's so pure and so powerful that we know that he can always help us come out, no matter what pit we're in. And it's the foundation of us then waging a war on this earth, the most profound nature, to be able to wage a war against principalities, to wage a war against territorial spirits, wage a war truly in the spirit with everything that's clinged, clung on to so many people. And in that process, bring heaven to earth. These are beautiful times that we're in. Because the more that we walk down this path, the less you're going to be able to waffle between choices. At a certain point down this path, everybody's going to have to make a choose a choice whom they're going to serve. So I would challenge you with this. Make that choice now. It may sound easy to do. It's like, yeah, I serve God. I'm not talking that level of a choice. I'm talking a level of choice of going so hard into your heart, so hard into your wounds. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much the devil comes and hits you, no matter much, how much everything around you seems to be broken, or how many vulnerabilities you've had because of the influence of the darkness coming into your life through these portals and gates that are open. Choose him. And he's there to love you in the most profound way. And that's truly the gift and the freedom which he offers us. And in, in that moment in time, 
he opens up his heart and pours in. And I think we could probably reflect that when we've had those moments, we truly become children once again. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you tonight for just a casual conversation about you, about all that you are, about all that you bring, about how much you pour into us so that we can be greater in you. And so, Father, tonight we did open that up. We did open our lives up, our hearts up. We talked of the ways through you and to you. We talked of a loving and forgiving heart. And may that talk continue. And may those hearts continue to be opened. And may we receive that which we need and not hesitate. And may we become the greater servants that quite frankly only live in the biblical times. Bless us, Father, in this walk. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Just some thoughts tonight, things to reflect on and work with. Things to consider. They're all important. Because Father needs us awake, and we have to awaken this hour. And so that's where we have to step in. Forgive those where they're not like where we are. Forgive them and show them that forgiveness so that they can look at us and say, I want to be where you are. I want to carry what you carry. And we can say, fine, step in with me and I shall make you healed. And once that's done, we begin to change the very nature of this war and the climate of it. Because rather than neighbor hating neighbor, we become neighbor loving neighbor and we will stand shoulder to shoulder and eye to eye to take out this evil that wants to go after our kids. So, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Well, patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. Good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest depth. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body
开。